This is Classical Reboot, progressive talks on Western classical music. Uh, yeah, man, I've just been, uh, you know, doing research on synthesizers. <laughs> I've been, I've been doing research on headphones. Oh, there you go. Nice. I, I haven't bought a new pair for like, the, this pair is like, I've had since ninth or 10th grade. Are those just and like then, Sony studio? No, they're just Sennheiser's 280s. Oh, okay. 280 pros. They're like comfortable. Nice. They'll work forever. That's yeah. what you're, wait. I have Sennheiser. Mm. Yeah. It's I the, thought they looked. it's like HD 280 pro. Yeah, that's, that's, that's what these are. Yeah. yeah. I don't, they're, I don't like how like much they, I don't know. They're not very like, they look cumbersome. If that makes sense, oh, they 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 do, and they are. Yeah, like they're they're a studio headphone. They're not meant to be like yeah taken elsewhere. I actually they stay in one spot. Yeah, and I actually don't think they're the most comfortable. Um, because like I'll wear them for a couple hours of editing or whatever, and like I'll start to like it'll start to hurt my ears a little bit. I really like the um I forgot the model, but it's like the Sennheiser open back ones. Uh, probably the HD 600. Something like that. Would but, be my guess. Uh, I, I, I've worn that because Atlas has a pair of those. And I've worn those for like hours. And it feels, yeah. like, feels like nothing. Just like. No, I'm. Uh, your boy got a lot of money back from the governments. So. Ooh, that must be nice. I owed the government money this tax season. And it was garbage. Uh, classic, classic uh, freelancer there. Yep. <laughs> it was. That's. Uh, yeah, I uh, I didn't because I was working the other job, right? So I figured it would mm-hmm. kind of balance out a little bit, but mm-hmm. uh, no. So I mean, it did, but not enough, not nearly enough. Right. So I owed quite a bit of money uh, to. Yeah, I. The thing that worked in my favor was basically that I made not enough money on the federal level for them to take any money from me. Oh. And then I worked in two states. Mm. part-time you know as a part-time resident in two different states sure and so i didn't get to the threshold for the states to even be taking money from me oh damn so i just got everything back you played them yeah (laughs) but i also made 14 and a half grand so you know who who played who really (laughs) (laughs) you you played yourself exactly (laughs) um but Hey, you know, cool. Great. Get a get a thousand dollars back. So hey, take it. There you go. Yeah, we'll put it towards headphones. I don't know what headphones, but we'll see. Yeah, it's not a bad it's not a bad call. All right, so should we just do it? <laughs> Where you're 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 the one who's who's uh, run this one out here, so I'll, I'll let you lead it all. Okay. Sounds I'll, good. I'll do. I'll push back on things as I see fit. All right. Sounds good. Uh, we're back, folks. Um, yeah. Who would have thought? Who Who would have seen this coming? <laughs> I can guarantee you, not me. <laughs> uh, if this is your first instance on this podcast, which I'd be genuinely surprised if. You jump in at this moment, but uh, uh, good luck. Yeah, I'm Austin, and I'm Matt, and this is what we call classical reboot. Um, in the past, uh, and traditionally, we 
been taking hot button topics related to Western classical music and just riffed on them and, and seeing where they take us. And that's more or less what's going to happen again. Um, <laughs> I think. And, uh, we're just here to either confirm or deny your, you know, your affirmations. Uh, if you are a classical artist yourself, um, I, I like to think that we're on the right side of history a lot of times with what we're talking about, but hey, who knows? Um, so the thing that I was going to bring up today, kind of, and more or less, I, I just wanted this to be a, a welcome back and an introduction. Um, so uh, I don't know, Matt, what have you what have you been up to? Like, or is, is, is there anything yeah. grinding your gears lately? <laughs> lately? <laughs> Uh, I, I don't think anything's been like truly grinding my gears lately. I just see stuff on Twitter and then I'm like, yeah, no, don't need to get involved in that. That's um, generally I, a good rule to have. I Ooh, just, we- I just like to, I like to look at things. I don't like to interact with them. I'm just like, let's see people's responses and be like, you're all unhinged. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what, do you but, think of, what do you think of Elon Musk buying Twitter or trying to buy Twitter? Uh, you could do so many better things with your money, man, to protect free speech if that's what you're going for. Um, yes. Just don't. I I avoid all Elon Musk discourse as a rule because yeah. he's an investor. He is not an inventor. Yeah. It, and I mean, like, we don't have to talk about this. Give this, man <laughs> this, more. Is, this is what we're doing now. Yeah. <laughs> we don't have to give this man more of our uh time and headspace than we want to but it's just like such clearly like a a grab at like also trying to control like markets and stuff like that too um yeah it's just it's it's dirty and it feels gross um but most things that you know people that make billions of dollars a year do is dirty and gross so uh that's not surprising at all uh, yeah (laughs) that's that's all i yeah. yeah um I've I've not been up to much. I started a new job. I moved out of Chicago. Um, uh, I moved to St. Paul. Yeah, that's uh, like the big thing for me is I moved back to St. Paul, the yeah. the motherland. <laughs> Something like that. Um, it's a nice place to be. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say there's actually a lot of great. Um, I think that's also something like a really cool thing we talk about is like the different music scenes going on in the different cities. Mm-hmm. Um, Cause I know that there's a lot of good stuff going on uh, in St. Paul as well as Chicago. So no, we got a little bit more diversification now of our coverage, so to speak. Yeah. I bought uh, my season tickets to the Minnesota opera because wow, your boy has money now. He nice. makes, he <laughs> makes money. I don't just spend it on just rent. <laughs> Um, and they have a really good season coming up. So I'm like super stoked. What's, uh, what are you looking forward to? Uh, they have the, like, uh, they have a world premiere of Edward Tulane, um, which is a book, which is based on a book by a local author. Okay. Um, which I'm super excited about. And then also a premiere of, uh, an opera called the song poet, which is, uh, and if you'll let me find it, I need to find the uh, summary because it's uh, based on a book and the libretto is done by the author as well. Oh, okay. Um, Kao Kalia Yang, um, who is a Hmong immigrant, and it's based off of her book and memoir. 
by the same title, The Song Poet. Um, uh, here's from their website. It tells the story of Yang's family and her song poet father as war drives them from the mountains of Laos into a Thai refugee camp, ultimately onto the challenging world of life as an immigrant. Mm. With his poetry, Kalia's father inspires hope in his family, polishing the reality so that they might shine. Sure. I uh, I know a lot of people who have read it. I haven't had the opportunity to read the book. I'll sure. probably try and get around to it before I see this premiere. Yeah. Um, but that's in like a year. That's next March. But I'm super stoked about it because yeah. a five opera season where they're doing two premieres. That's pretty, pretty sick, cool. actually. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, yeah. I'm really into it. And I'm just super excited about that. And like you said, there's a lot of new music stuff going on in in the Twin Cities. And so it's kind of fun to fun to be around trying to catch some trying to catch some shows see, yeah see i mean on. another large thing is just and we've been at this point for a second but like it's just so great that music and live stuff is happening again um yeah and i think we're we're both on that so um i've been trying to go as to as many concerts as possible but i mean largely it's uh, people i know and friends of mine who are just starting to have concerts again so i'm trying to to do that um yeah i, yeah, had, I saw a couple right before i went out of chicago with you that were really fun those were kind of like the first things that we had that i had like seen since the pandemic had started yeah uh, john hanow oh yeah his album release uh, yeah yep. and then what was the other one there was another one but anyway I just, yeah, okay yeah believe you <laughs> it's it's no it's good um to just have that stuff going on. And even I had a, a piece of mine premiered recently um, at oh, Song yeah. Slam in Chicago, which um, was a pretty, like, just, I don't know. It just uh, feels good to have that opportunity again to, to have works being, like, performed and do that. So um, chalk that up to a win. Absolutely. Uh, it was a good piece. It was fun to listen to. Thank you. Yeah, I think it's, uh, I don't know if it's available online anymore, but... Um, he used the our friend Adrian, both Matt and I, good friend of ours, Adrian Dabu. He uh, he had some poetry that he wasn't using, so I used that and turned out really well. And I think I'm gonna do more with his stuff just because I think working with it was a very positive experience, but also it felt very organic when I was doing it. So uh, why rock the boat? Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just going with that. Yeah, uh, it's it's. Um, I think it's good to to get back into this. Um, Matt and I have been helping out with the podcast Relevant Tones as well. Um, if you're looking for more something that's like strictly like music review or something that like includes more like music interviews. Yeah, exactly. I've done two interviews. Um, yeah, it, it's Michael I, Nicholas and Caroline Shaw. If anybody wants to check them out, so mm-hmm, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's also just featuring like certain shows or certain like types of music yep. too. So, um, yeah. Um, so check that out if you're looking for something more like that. But today, um, I thought we would just jump <laughs> right in. Um, yeah, you lead this one off. Yeah. And I'm, I'm doing, I, admittedly it's, it's, I'm doing kind of a, Maybe not a half-assed job, but um, I did more. <laughs> I did more research on this than I had previously known about. So um, it, it, it came to my mind because um, Ricard Wagner, good old uh, Dick Wagner, um, is just Hopefully. the low, is seemingly the low-hanging fruit of the classical music world. Um, 
and even lower than Bruckner, and that's saying something. <laughs> and and it's it's kind of came to my mind, and I I understand the sentiments and like why it, that is the way it is, and I'm and I'm here to say that my opinion has not changed, but it kind of <laughs> kind of just like occurred to me like, well, I've never personally you know dove that much sure. into this man's life or like. Uh, in detail understood like why he um, is the way he is or was the way he was and perceived the way he is. So did a little bit of research, albeit uh, Wikipedia is a large source of this one, but <laughs> I don't know. I High schoolers can uh, cite Wikipedia these days. So I've got my, I've got my music history textbooks here. Should we pull out the Norton anthologies? Oh man, that's a, <laughs> I think, I think it's right over here. It's, it's, it's in this box. I haven't moved from the place I'm staying yet to my new place. So, you know, I'd be, I'd be <laughs> I've got a box of books here. Oh, there you go. Uh, <laughs> I'd actually be curious, um, like how in depth they go. And I didn't even check my music history books, to be honest. Um, I mean, they're they're an interesting resource at best. But it's like they, they got to be so middle of the road, right? Because it's classic textbooks. They're not gonna they're gonna try <laughs> no. and be as unbiased as possible, even though sometimes it's like. Who wrote should this? you? Should <laughs> well, you, you should you should you? But sometimes there's just like there are some just like wildly biased like claims in these textbooks, and you're like, oh god, like who <laughs> who is editing this? Uh, <laughs> the fuck just happened. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, and 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 um, throwing this one out there, if you're a huge like Wagner nut or like you know about this person's like life and you know more than I'm about to talk about. Um, uh, chirp at us at uh, Twitter or whatever and say you're wrong you're, you don't know what the fuck you're talking about <laughs> or agree with us I don't know like if you want to continue the discourse after this like that's fine but um, this is what we got going on um, really br- really brave great now who, who manages our Twitter yeah <laughs> um, the really brief like introduction like he was born Leipzig pretty average family and like uh, 1813, um, his father died early and his mom remarried, which I don't think was terribly uncommon back in the day because people were just, people be dying. Um, and I, he, pretty classic case, you know, he showed like promise as like an artist at a young age and like, um, I think he like went to, um, not like a monastery, but like a, a church funded organization that like curated young artists and, what have you. Um, and so that's that. Um, he got his career going and had like grandiose ideas right away as like an individual. Um, and this uh, definitely led him into um, going into debt rather quickly in his life. He found himself like taking money from royal families, promising really great uh, opera productions and really great, uh, you know, musical endeavors and artistic endeavors. Um, and a lot of them weren't fruitful um, in terms of finances, although his music wasn't not well received, but there was certainly two camps of individuals at that yeah. time who mm-hmm. you, you either were kind of rejecting um, the, the Wagner uh, school um, of you know, approaching art and you were really into like Brahms and like Beethoven, um, Mendelssohn. Yeah, exactly. Um, and actually Mendelssohn's death had a pretty significant impact mm-hmm. on 
Wagner's career because once he passed, then a lot of people shifted uh, camps and uh, kind of yes. went with uh, uh, Wagner's art or people that kind of did some more stuff like that. So, um, yep, yeah, um, and so that's like a, a very brief, very broad <laughs> overview of this man's, you know, um, uh, artistic career and life. Um, and I don't think we're here. I, I, I'm not here to say that he was bad at what he did. You know, I, I think that there's some wonderful moments, um, in the music that he produced. I'm not my top choice by any means, but you know, I, I understand like, in the context of that time, you know, why his music was, you know, perceived in a more or less popular fashion. And, you know, he had a promising career other than uh, seemingly a, a series of uh, bad financial choices or uh, stuff that would otherwise render him uh, uh, in debt. Yeah. yeah. I'm not the biggest fan of his music, but that's, uh, it's just, it's a lot. It's a lot. It's very loud. A lot of the time him and Bruckner, like even setting aside all the like other stuff, just their music. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan. Yeah. I don't need to take 90 minutes to go from one to five to one. I'm, <laughs> I'm really, I really, uh, it's a lot. Um, yeah. Uh, personally, personally, yeah, yeah. Not my, not my cup of tea. Yeah. Uh, I, I can say from like, um, you know, a theory standpoint or like a music, like a analytical standpoint. Um, there's a lot, I, it's just like the, the chromatic harmonies that are used in his music are, were pretty jarring for the time and pretty innovative in a way. Um, and it paved the way for Strauss and undoubtedly uh, a lot and even like Schoenberg and a lot of other like early 20th century uh you know composers um yeah it's it's the progression of of romanticism and mm-hmm. and moving forward into taking tonality as far as it can go he's a he's a big part of that like, historically theoretically like he he is yeah he's one of the biggest driving forces in the middle of the 19th century right to get us from right like schubert and schumann to ricard strauss well it even in a way impact um like late 19th century Italian opera too, which is interesting because mm-hmm. you see like Puccini. Not, I wouldn't say that Puccini sounds like Wagner because they don't, but you can see, <laughs> you can see how the just the general, um, um, the scale of things, I think, or this, the, certainly the scale, but like just like the meta of like what opera became, um, certainly, um, had to do with like, you know, uh, Richard Wagner and like what he was doing and his his like vision of like um the total complete art um yeah so um and that yes that's what it's called I always forget that um and he was a bit of a shit ass um in that he like liked to be with like a partner and then like travel and like forget about them and then come back and like he he basically just went where the money was <laughs> um and i mean it doesn't look great uh and so he's he's obviously he's like juggling relationships trying to go where the money is oftentimes not having great success with that so um overall just kind of a a, a garbage uh human actually like 
and uh, I, I think that um, that that doesn't even have to do with like the context of his like political ideology in like a modern context, but just like objectively from like you know how he treated other individuals uh, back in the um, back in his time. It sounds like there weren't a ton of positive ways that people uh, viewed him. So that could also be a large reason why. And this is um, a bit of speculation, but you know. Ford got out that he wasn't a very honest individual. A lot of houses might not have wanted to produce his, you know, art or his music. So, um, but that's that. Um, he was really fascinated by like high fantasy. I forget the authors of the time, but like the the fairies and the you know what have you authors of the the nineteenth century who are really into like mystical and um, yeah, like he got magic. very into like mysticism and kind of the the old norse ideas of like the gods and uh yep epics and things like that right Um, right i don't know i know a couple names but i don't think they were influential in in that part of his yeah i mean the big one obviously everyone knows is the ring cycle and that uses um is that norse gods am i being an idiot no it's yeah, it's it's old it's old Norse yeah, type right. stuff. It's yeah. it's Germanic. It's not like uh it's it's a mix of a lot of stuff. So it's it's more Germanic in its scope. Yeah. And yeah. uses like the tales of Siegfried and right, right. things rather than um and it makes it, it mixes a lot of stuff together. It's sure. not one tradition. He's weaving a number of mythologies mm-hmm. together. That are all from kind of the same roughly area, and we'll talk more about why he was really on about that particular area of Europe um, and liked <laughs> their mythology so much. Probably not too long from now, but he he chose specific ones that he thought would promote a uh, a, a callback to German excellence, kind of a thing. Yeah. So let's. Yeah, is I the mean, idea that's and so that's the biggest thing here, um, and 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 that's kind of like the thing of like, I'm 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 truly interested of in just putting this individual in the context of like when they were um, around. So, um, let's let's kind of jump into that. So he became involved with the socialist German nationalists uh, that were not known as the Nazi party at the time, but uh, was certainly the beginnings of that from what I understand. And well, this is like the mid, this is the mid ish 1800s, like right. We're in like the 1850s to like seventies ish kind of time. Right. Right. Like this is, this is the beginning of like, uh, okay. So we all hate the Russian empire, the Austro Hungarian empire. Like we, we hate these huge empires and, schools of thought start to draw up on the two sides of the the, the far right and the far left that are going to be in the coming 100 years toppling these monarchies so this is this is the beginning of that well kind of the beginning yeah you you just got a lot of powers in different parts or very like kind of concentrated in the same part of the world and they're all eh, they're all eager to 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 punch each other's face um (laughs) Uh, so that, that's, that's a large part of it, but, um, just to name a few people that, um, Wagner started to kind of, um, be, become friends with, I guess, or like, um, call acquaintances. He, he knew? Yeah. yeah I, it's, I, Definitely I th- they were discussing things. 
Yeah, it's it's um I forget who else was kind of this thing, but Wagner was uh like an artist like that they they're like you'll be our artistic you know voice basically or like you'll yeah you know be the the artist in the conversation here um but the the one uh one of them is mikhail bakunin um who was a russian revolutionary anarchist socialist uh and founder of collectivist anarchism um all these things you can look into more detail on <laughs> Wikipedia, but and uh, the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy is also a great resource. Yes, fun uh, fact. <laughs> and so a lot of these, like, um, I mean, twenty second time out. It's just like it's really interesting because like the the modern idea of like socialism or the modern idea of like, um, you know, anarchism is very different than what it was in like the you know mid nineteenth century. Um, things and, were a little more revolutionary at that point in time. Right. People were very, th- things were at just such a, a powder keg in a lot of different places that, and we'll get onto it more as we continue through this, but like, yeah, people were willing to, to start shit. Yeah. They, they were willing to fuck around and find out. <laughs> um, and, and they did constantly. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's very different. It's also it's also good to note that a lot of these people were located in uh, France or like centered in uh, France um, because mm-hmm. I guess France didn't really care about people like they did, but they didn't. And they already had the revolution, right? Is that they they had many of them. They were yeah. kind of they they did it a lot. Yeah. They were used to it. <laughs> That's uh, very flippant, I know. And everyone who's a French historian, yes, we're not going to go into it. <laughs> <laughs> Let it go. Uh, also among these people were uh, Pierre-Joseph Proudholm, uh, who is a French socialist. Um, he was just a, kind of a out, outspoken individual so um, and was a large part of the revolution of 1848. So um, that's that. Um, along with this was uh, Ludwig Andreas von Fierbach, um and <laughs> i just think that's a lovely name uh, wow. <laughs> uh great uh but uh this dude he um wrote uh, i'm grabbing it right now um yes he wrote the book the essence of christianity which was um one of the first uh like modern critiques of that time of christianity and its influences on the the general population um and his book actually influenced uh darwin karl marx uh freud um and uh Ooh. wagner nietzsche so a, yeah. a, a real mixed bag of uh individuals kind of well if you write a critique of christianity you're going to bro- you're you're going to bring in some different people yeah <laughs> some different motives um and the biggest thing so like in the uh kind of jumping the gun a little bit here so like the, the biggest thing a wagner uh critique of is that uh his anti-semitism and his, his this idea of like german exceptionalism um in that era uh what i think is um and when i was doing my research it seemed like this book had a really large impact on wagner as an ideology so and i i think it's just like isn't it kind of hypocritical like this like really large critique on christianity and here's wagner like being more or less an advocate for like the you know the, the the christian mindset or the the this idea that um of like german exceptionalism which i 
believe has a lot of roots in like conservative Christian mentality. Hmm. I just thought that. I mean, I mean, it it does have its roots in like a that that kind of a thing. It also just has its well, that and a lot of yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know if it's hypocritical because I think ultimately Wagner's whole thing is is more about a German folk ideal than anything. Mm. Um, I'm not sure it's necessarily Christian. Sure. In in my in in my understanding, and especially if we're kind of analyzing his his musical output as well as kind of what he talks about culturally and in, in a couple of of things in the sure. a couple of his outlines i think some of it is certainly christian based philosophy but at the same time you know an appeal to nature like is spinoza is Baruch de spinoza like an appeal to like a different kind of Christianity that that exists or sure a different uh, i don't know i yeah. Uh, yeah. How am I saying this? I don't know. I just, I just am not, I'm not sure it's hypocritical is my thing. I think maybe just the, the, the two can exist. Uh, yeah. I think, know. I think it is something you can, you can hold both. I think to a certain extent. Sure. Am I, is that, am I giving him credit for being ideologically consistent? Is that what I'm doing now? I guess. I mean, but that's the thing. It's like I'm I'm trying know. to find like I... the through line of like where what where do we end up or like how do we end up at him writing um his book The Artwork of the Future. Um which in German is Das Kunstwerk der Zukunft. Um and it's more or less just a long essay uh that was self-published. Um and largely just talks about um art in general but also like the mm-hmm. the drama in music. Um, and what that uh, looks like for uh, this time period. And Newsflash, it uh, more or less outlines that the only like valid form of um, artwork is through the, um, the, the Volk, which is the, yeah. the men who feel common and collective want. Um, and there's a lot of things that um, also... Uh, Contextually, this this word also uh, specifically excludes people of Jewish descent as well. Um, so this is yes. very yes. Yeah, so this is now very we've much arrived at the <laughs> the Wagner thing. Yes. Uh, so this this is where we start to see the first instance of um, Wagner explicitly saying. Um, only good work can come from that of German or Austro-Hungarian descent. Um, but I, I think that this is, and I'm, I'm not a historian on the, you know, the, um, the country of Germany, um, especially the founding of it, because I know it was like a bunch of, um, it, was a, it was a lot of things before it was established as the, the, the current country that it is. Um, even yeah, before. I mean, even, even a hundred years prior to this, it was a lot of right. yeah. provinces that were, separate right so um what was i saying about that but anyway so um this is his first uh instance of writing that the people of the volk are the ones that are going to be writing the uh art that people want um and it's it's like okay so we're already going down a path of exclusion and a path that would uh 
you know, reflect that. And it's a, I think the important thing is it's a, it's a path of very nationalistic, very German nationalistic ideology and saying, this is the group of people that matter. And he's kind of a stat, he's right. And he's not the only person trying to establish this idea. Right. There's a lot of artwork going on at the time. This is the nationalist. This is a nationalistic era of paintings and romanticism uh, like yeah. as well. Mm-hmm. Um, glorifying the countryside, glorifying particular aspects of a singular culture. Mm-hmm. Um, this is happening. Um, and so yeah. this yeah. is this is where we see at least Wagner start to pull together this idea of this is the in group. This is the group we care about. And we're trying to build a culture and society. And ultimately, when we get to Bayreuth, that is kind of a culmination of let's build an insular society of these people. Yeah. Um, yep. And so, yeah, um, we're moving along this this line. And this is one of those. Yeah. Moments. So in this in this uh, essay, he he cites um, um, that dance tone and poetry um which were originally united in ancient greek drama um to unite these give rise to unnatural abortion the oratorio and to the shameless insolence of contemporary opera um only these and other tawdry uh entertainments are swept aside uh will the artwork of the future arise so um very aggressive language to say that um these things need to go in order for artwork to achieve its like full potential and um, whatever that means. In, in, in the eyes and context of Wagner, this is what he's uh, believing. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, we're, yeah. we're, we're really starting to see some more aggressive tone on, on his beliefs. And, uh, and maybe this goes without saying, but as I was doing a little bit more research, I just – you get this sense that – he had to be a very outspoken individual just given, you know, the people he hung out with the, how adamant he was about being involved in politics and how, you know, the fact that he wrote an essay, you know, on, on this, you know, it's, it's, it points to this, this had to be like an aggressive individual who was not afraid to share their opinion about these things. That's everything I've ever read is that he was a very, very strong character, very strong, uh, yep. very convinced in his ideals um, at a certain point. I don't know about like the formation of them, but he was certainly outspoken. Yeah. Um, he didn't really shy away from saying these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. So y- yeah, I, I would, that, that is, uh, it's a good, it's a good point to bring up in the it's, sense that like, he, like, he was not wishy-washy right. about a lot of it. He wasn't, he wasn't like, yeah, so like maybe this is the way to go and like, let's like talk it out and let's like have a little like round table discussion. We'll all brainstorm a little bit, like no ideas or bad ideas, just hear everybody out. Like this, this is not that this is him like laying out a framework for the art of the future yeah. through exclusion. Yeah. <laughs> like explicitly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, should I just close the page? No, I didn't. So that essay was written (laughs) in 1861. Um, and the next, um, thing we see like treatise or whatever, what have you, um, that I think matters. There might've been some other stuff that's, um, that he wrote, but whatever. Um, 
the next major thing was his work, uh, Das Judentum in der Musik, uh, Jewishness in Music, um, and that was uh, published in 1869. So, uh, and he years. did publish earlier versions of this article as well, but kind of like the final version, yeah, is is in 1869, just like uh, before the. Wagnerian people come after us. <laughs> I want to head this off because I'm not dealing with this on Twitter. <laughs> All right. Yep. Yep. We know there are previous versions. This is the, this is this is the, the final one from what I know. Okay. Yep. Sorry. Um, go on. He also originally published it under a pseudonym, which I think is interesting and kind of again almost contradicts what we were saying earlier because it's like that was earlier though. I mean that was 1850. Like when he. It, uh, wasn't Mendelssohn was Mendelssohn still alive? Am I am I wildly? Oh no, yeah, yep, you're totally right. You're right. Yep. So is it, that why? Isn't that why he did it? Am I am I getting this mixed up? Didn't uh, he originally no. publish it like be and didn't want to be known to like? Yep. So he was um, originally published it to uh, critique is probably a nice way to put it, but attack is probably more accurate. Um, uh, the I two- do love the way that 18th century, 19th century, like musicians and stuff just attacked each other for oh, stuff. Yeah. they they did there was there was everything was petty it was <laughs> hilarious <laughs> Mendelssohn died in 1847 by the way but maybe his death was so recent that he still felt compelled who knows held back i don't know but, still yeah also his 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 pseudonym can we talk about his pseudonym <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's K Fragedankt, which translates to K Free Thought. <laughs> oh boy! Uh, yeah, that's 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 a good one. That's that's a solid. Um, one. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so, uh, yeah. No, I, no, no. You're good. So, uh, and and also with it wasn't it was Mendelssohn largely, but it's also other composers like Giacomo Meribier, um was another one that he was mm-hmm. at, uh, critiquing. Um, yeah. So it's. Um, but I think the the. So he clearly wrote this, Mendelssohn died, and then a few years later he was like, yep, I wrote that, I took credit, and here we are. Sick. Yeah, yeah, great. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and pretty much, I mean, it's just this, it, it's just full of really gross sentences that uh, truly just say, hey, the only true art form is that of made by people of German culture or descent or people of the Volk, as we uh, um explicitly said earlier um and then just outright you know outwardly expresses that um you know uh people of jewish descent are not part of this um for example um this uh sentence which has obviously been translated in english so take it with a grain of salt because i would imagine the original you know treatises in german so um or maybe don't take it with a grain of salt, but you know things are lost in translation. Um, but this one that kind of stuck out to me the most, where he's talking about um, language and music, which, as we know, that Wagner, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, wrote a lot of opera music, so language is a large part of it. And but, he was the librettist for a lot of it. Exactly. So, but he goes to say, although the peculiar peculiarities of the jewish mode of speaking and singing come out of the most glaringly in the common class of jew who has remained faithful to his father's stock and though the cultured son of jewry takes untold pains to strip them off nevertheless they shew in impertinent obstinacy in cleaving to him uh yeah this goes back to a lot of things about like the the particularly the, the language yiddish mm-hmm. which is 
it, in a lot of ways similar to German. I do not speak Yiddish, but it is close to it, but it is not there. It's, it's from what I understand, a combination of Hebrew and German, but mm-hmm. I'm, again, sure. not a linguist. <laughs> um, uh, but I, I think, and that's part of historically anti-Semitism did have a lot to do with language as well. Mm. And it had a lot to do with the, especially in Germany, Yiddish being a language that was used and looked down upon. Well, and, and it's also, so yeah, yeah. it's, it's crazy. Cause like it, it, it totally comes down to a class thing too. I mean, yes, like well, race, yeah. race, yeah, ethnicity yeah, 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 is a large yeah, yeah, yeah. thing, but like it's, it's, it's so unfortunate. It's, it's a class thing too. Cause there was just so much of the, the Jewish population that were like farmers and otherwise like, uh, like working class individuals and so like inherently they were going to be like looked down upon by like a higher class of that time yes and Uh, language was a huge barrier especially at that time to that like you can you can see it in a lot of different cultures but like the way you speak yeah is and the accent you have yeah yeah yeah, yeah. absolutely yeah that's like Um, the the whole um Tyler, the creator had a great rant at uh i think it was the uh grammys a couple years ago about the whole like urban music category and how he's like this Uh is garbage like how do you qual like what what is what is how do you qualify like urban Urban music music. yeah and like there's a lot of people that said it's like um there's a certain inflection or like dialect of um, (laughs) like you know uh language Uh. that's used like to that would qualify like something as urban. So yeah, like and it. I wonder, so- I wonder who's making those those judgment yeah, exactly. calls. Let's yeah. uh, <laughs> let's explore their background. This isn't going to go well. But it, we see it today as well. Like this yeah, is yeah, unfortunately just like something where language and class are just like they're tied together, and it's it, to me that seems so strange. Um, but uh, you know, modern context. Um, and you know you you definitely see it um so uh i could go on and read more disgusting things from i don't think book. we need to read too many things from this I'd rather he also not. yep yeah <laughs> rather it's not. bad yeah things are bad he, he it's it's not good yeah um and then he continues to write articles attacking Yep. Jewish culture Does as well really as Jewish f- individuals. Yep. And, he, and then he, this goes on. This right. is not like he stops doing it. Yeah. Um, he continues to be outspoken. Um, yeah. So the, um, what did I write here? Um, I don't know. I can't read. Oh yeah. I, I mean, and, and it's just kind of a banal statement, but like y- you, you look at the scale of the work that he was writing and his ideology and philosophy. And so there, like, there's no way that this wasn't going to start to like permeate into German culture, into like your, your, you know, maybe not your like common class individual, but people who were, you know, able to afford to go to performances of his art and what have you. Mm-hmm. So, and, um, and this all seeps into his, especially his operas, which are, kind of the only thing we care about that he wrote yeah um i was actually kind of just like that's it it's we don't worry about I, anything else on his wikipedia page it's like he wrote like three symphonies i'm like i've never ne- heard never played. once heard it <laughs> never like are they are they worse than Bruckner symphonies like I, i'm like curious now to try and find a recording almost just to be like <laughs> what is this yeah um 
Is this just an overture? Um, <laughs> there was one actually there. It was like, it's coined as a symphony, but it actually turned into an overture later. Um, of course it did. Yeah. What else was he going to do with it? I just think that's, uh, yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. Yeah. Um, no. And, and kind of this, this point of like, like these ideas are reflected in his works, mm-hmm. like mm-hmm. especially in his operas with particular characters. And it goes like, I mean, you have Hagen in the ring, who is a half human character who, has been talked about as representing Jewish uh, stereotypes and tropes. Um, in yep. Meistersinger, you have Beckmesser. Uh, in Parsifal, you have Klingsor. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. You, you know, these these exist as a through line through a lot of his uh, his operas and his works, and it's, it's there, and yep. it's real, and it's problematic. Yep. Um, and so that's the, that's that. And then of course, uh, fast forward about a hundred years and, uh, you know, a, a certain man named Adolf Hitler is trying not even to... really only fast forwarding like 50. Yeah. So, um, you know, fast forward a bit, um, and we're in world war two and Nazi Germany is a very real thing. Um, fun fact I found out, um, there is no, uh, specific example citing Wagner's anti-Semitic writings being used as like Nazi Germany yeah. propaganda. Well, his uh, it, this was an interesting thing because Das Judentum in der Musik was not like particularly widely circulated. Yeah, you know th- this sure. is his most scathing and infamous critique. But prior to World War II, it was not nearly as widely circulated as it. Sure. Uh, it's it's been printed more since then than it was in the preceding like 50 mm. years or whatever interesting um that's terrifying maybe that's interesting i think but um i would hope no, it, no like, it's yeah <laughs> the interesting thing is like it's not like the explicit use of like his writings but it is this use of there's an implicit use by by hitler of his ideology it's an extension mm, yep, of that ideology totally. of the german folk Totally. Which was a huge thing to Hitler. And Hitler was a huge Wagner fan. Hitler yeah. was also a huge Beethoven fan for what it's worth. Yeah. Um, but it's it's interesting how there's kind of this split between like Hitler's going like, all right, this is like the pinnacle of art. This is what we need to be talking about is like Germ- Germanic, like history of art excellence mm-hmm. and cultural Germanic excellence. Mm-hmm. And then you get like, there are all these stories of like Hitler having these, uh, shows these operas put on these Wagner operas put on and like nobody wanted to go to them because the brown shirts didn't give a shit about opera. Right. Um, and a lot of the German officers didn't, um, some of them did. Mengele was also famously a fan of Wagner and Beethoven. Uh, But like, it's, it's this thing of it's, it's the ideology. It's like this, the progression of this ideology into this like Germanic art excellence thing. And and the ring cycle does a really, really good job of presenting (laughs) German Uh, excellence. Yeah. Um, And I, I think the biggest thing was like, I, we, we could probably cite specific works and examples. Um, a lot, but mostly I just like, I want to, for me personally, I want to like contextualize like what this is and like, and now we bring it to a modern context and, you know, am I the mindset that we should stop programming his music? Probably like, should this music be critically looked at? And, uh, you know, maybe if it is chosen to be produced, be very, 
not careful, but very intentional and deliberate about yeah. how we are staging things and how we are presenting this music because mm-hmm. the context of it is not pretty. Um, no, no, know. it's, I always, there's always this thing of like, people are like, okay, you know, the people who are like, don't, don't, uh, cancel. I put heavy quotes around that. You can see this, but I'm doing air quotes. Yep. Cancel Wagner because we're not going to cancel Wagner because you can't, you yep. can't cancel anything. Fun fact. Um, <laughs> it doesn't happen. It doesn't work. Yep. Um, but, uh, like the idea of like not performing his works anymore, people are like, oh, so we're just going to like wipe them off the face of the earth it's like no we're not gonna like burn the scores like you can still study it you can still learn about it like it's important to teach i think i think it's really important to teach wagner in music schools yeah but contextual wagner like Uh like this idea of like okay we're not just talking about his pretty theory stuff right like we can't just we cannot just talk about wagner in the sense of like okay forgetting everything else here's his theory and his chord progressions right we can't because is this is all tied up the the man who basically invented the idea of Gesamtkunstwerk, total art. We cannot ignore yeah. his ideology. Yeah, like we 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 cannot fundamentally. He told us not to. He told yeah. us not to ignore it. Yeah. So of course, <laughs> and if we're gonna perform it, like I mean, by all means, put on an opera of Wagner's I won't go yeah mostly because I don't have four hours to spend on that shit <laughs> yeah. dude I fell asleep during Mahler 9 like I'm not doing this <laughs> all right like I'm sorry like uh, I can't yeah. no, I can't truly. do it yeah yeah um that's just me all right yeah. and if you want to go see a Wagner opera more power to you but I I, I implore you to understand what it means and what what the author's intent is and that, what is what is his intent with this work totally and that i think that's the biggest thing of like when i so the when you when you go see a production of whatever at the met or the lyric or minnesota opera or, ah, you know, whatever, the met. um which that's a whole other thing they're they're <laughs> we're, obviously we're, we're putting, gonna do something on the met later but that's not that's not this now <laughs> um the um they they clearly put these works on because they're large works and mm-hmm. they cost a lot of money to put on, but then they can justify either charging. They probably won't charge more for tickets, but they can like at donor parties or whatever, be like, we're putting on this production. So if you can donate this much more money you yeah. know, towards us this season, then, you know, so they can justify asking donors for more money, whether or not all of that's going to be put towards that production. It actually probably will because from what They're I hear, huge like, yeah, it's just like the, the orchestral pit by itself is stupid big. Well, like, well, like there's a reason that like putting on Wagner and putting on Strauss operas is, is an effort. Like yeah. you don't, you don't get like Electra programmed every year. No. Yeah. <laughs> cause, yeah. cause you can't, yeah. you don't get a ring cycle put on every year except yeah. for by Babe Wright, which is. Yep. That's a- so problematic, but we're not, I'm, <laughs> I'm not here to discuss the history of a city founded on German nationalism. Yeah. Um, well, kind of, but yeah, well, uh, but, yeah wait, but that would add on. another 30 minutes to this. Um, sure. So, so conservatively 30 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, yeah. So it's like, I, I see, I guess from, uh, we're trying to get money standpoint and like donors half the time. They're don't, popular. Yeah. Donors half the time don't understand, you know, what they're even funding. 
um, when they're they might be really into opera and they might really enjoy the stories or whatever, and maybe they read a book or two about you know a certain whatever. But I would say a large portion is like uh, a tax write off, and you know you get to go to a fancy gala and have your name. I you know. yeah, you. I think a lot of donors, especially the old money type thing yeah. is we just support the Met because it's the old money thing to do. Yep. Like, especially in a place like New York, yeah. especially in a place like Chicago, um, where you're, you're kind of like, ah, yes, we support the odds. It's it's not, it's not that they're like, and, and I don't, I don't care if they're big fans of the opera. Give like, give me, give my musicians money by all means. Yeah. Yeah. Don't like <laughs> yeah. secure the bag secure the bag um but like i i do get it in the sense of like yeah like they might not be the most critical audience members yeah but they're the ones with the money so if they're like i want to go see a wagner opera for some reason even if they're not critical about it guess who's putting on wagner if donor who gave 10 million is (laughs) asking well and (laughs) and the um and so it's like, is it up to the opera house? Is it up to the production to, and I, and I think it is, like you said, like, I think, I think there's ways to, without explicitly saying, Hey, Wagner was an anti-Semitic piece of shit. Um, <laughs> you, you can stage it in a way that can maybe get creative with the staging that like presents these problems. You know, that there is a character yeah. that's like displaying these terrible stereotypes from, you know, the, the 19th century of, of Jewish culture, like, Maybe uh, do it in a way that like brings that to the front of the conversation. Maybe do I don't know. Uh, yeah, no, I I think I think you're right. There are ways to do it. Yeah. Am I have I studied a Wagner opera to the extent where I could tell you how to cut the libretto in such a way to make this work or stage it in such a way that this is, you know, that's your message no it's not your job do i think it's possible <laughs> yes yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know that that's all really in, in my sentence of that or also it's... i just want to quickly yeah. go back to the thing about hitler because i had one thing i wanted to mention just about like the wagner hitler relationship oh, yeah. thing the, the the wagner family was involved in in nazi society interesting um, and hitler right. did really like the wagner's Okay. Um, All right. And they did see him as the savior of the German folk. Okay. Um, now, there's an interesting thing about exactly how supportive they were of the Holocaust, but there's not a lot of scholarship around that because there's not a lot of evidence one way or the other. Um, it's fair. So that's an open question. <laughs> but they really liked this Hitler guy <laughs> and they really supported him. <laughs> So doesn't, I let you decide what they liked. All right. Like they, they openly were very supportive of him. Uh, yeah. Wagner's Richard Wagner's kids. Um, anyway, I just wanted to throw that out there. Cause yeah. it's kind of like, if we're, if we're contextualizing him in the world war two thing and the Nazi joy, many thing, no, that's, that's good to know. It's important. I, I think to think about. Yeah. I was just, I was fascinated to find out that like of the, of the, I guess propaganda that was written, like not a lot of it was circulated. Um, and I figured at that point they would just be whatever they could get to, you know, throw out the people they would, but I, uh, hey, hey, I don't, I don't know about, uh, you know, brainwashing <laughs> a population. So. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Um, they, you know, there was a, they, they did it. <laughs> Truly. Um, um 
So that, that's sorry. Back to the modern thing. I just yeah, wanted to make sure no. I mentioned that because I, I I had meant to, and it escaped my mind. Um, I I so my biggest thing is like personally, I, I'm probably not going to go to productions of of this just because yeah. you know that. Um, is it going to stop? Probably not. Um, nope. that's not in our power. That's not in a lot of people's power. Um. So- and you know it's it's and then the whole you know the the argument from the people who separate the art from the artist again separate conversation not going to get into that one right now um, i i will reiterate he asked you not to separate him from yeah from, no from, totally I'm, I'm just gonna say if you yeah. you can separate the art and the artist all you want but this this guy the, this one this one time <laughs> He told you not to. That's a great point. That's a very great point, actually. Just, just saying. Yeah, no, totally. Yeah, so um, Wagner was probably a bad person. And I'm I, just going to say he was. Yeah. You can you can hedge your bets. I'm going to say he was. I mean, I never, I, 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 I never met him. I never, you know, will. So All the evidence in my mind points to him being a pile of dog shit. <laughs> um, so... Uh, that's that. Uh, welcome back to yeah. Classical Reboot. Um, Hope you had fun. I this think, was a this was fun for me at least. Yeah, I I think we're do more stuff like this. If you have something, if you uh, hey, if you have something you want us to talk about, let us know. If you want to come on the show and talk to us, <laughs> let us know. We can make that happen. Um, <laughs> it's it's possible. It's possible. Um, if if you want to berate us on Twitter. Um, <laughs> be nice no uh <laughs> do it do uh, it whatever twitter is a is a cesspool just just do it just say it with your chest is all i ask um and uh yeah that's that so until, that's cool yeah yeah until next time we'll uh we'll catch you later bye